Have you ever been in the doctor's office wondering why you couldn't just see the doctor online instead of driving to the doctor's office, waiting in line, filling out paperwork, seeing the doctor for about 10 or 15 minutes, and then driving back? Most of you listening are probably thinking, of course, Ray, who hasn't heard of telehealth or telemedicine? But have you ever thought you can have a visit at zero cost to you without insurance? Well, in today's episode, I speak to Charles Nader, founder and CEO of Doc.com. And his team has created a platform that offers individuals free online video visits, primarily in Latin America, but also serving patients in Florida. I really enjoyed my conversation with Charles, and I hope you do too. For those of you that are new to the podcast, I feel like I should let you know that I do work at American Well, one of the top telehealth technology companies in the United States. I would like to reiterate that all the ideas, questions, and thoughts by me on Health Unchained are my own and are not affiliated with American Well in any way. Remember, the Health Unchained podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only, and we are not providing any sort of legal, financial, or medical advice. Please do your own research and due diligence before making any important decisions related to these matters. And finally, if you haven't already subscribed to Robert Miller's weekly newsletter, Blockchain and Healthcare, you really should. I think you would all benefit a lot from learning about what's going on week to week in the healthcare blockchain space. And a link to the newsletter is in the show notes. And now let's get to the show. Hi, I'm your host, Ray Dogan, and welcome to Health Unchained. On this show, I'll be speaking with healthcare entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and executives who are using blockchain technologies to revolutionize healthcare. These innovators are building the distributed infrastructure and diverse communities required for a trusted, secure, and decentralized healthcare ecosystem. Enjoy the show. What is blockchain? blockchain. What is blockchain? The doctor will see you now. Welcome to Health Unchained. Today's guest is Charles Nader, CEO of Doc.com, which is a telemedicine platform that claims to offer free basic healthcare using AI and blockchain. Charles, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I think, um, you know, to kind of start off this conversation, can you kind of give the audience a bit of a background about yourself and how you uh, are at this point now? Sure. I, I'm originally born in Mexico, Mexico City, and I grew up in uh, Mexico until the uh, age of seven, and I moved to the U.S. after that. My, my parents split up, so I, I grew up with my mother in the U.S., and my, uh, my, my mother, my brother, and my sister, Jacqueline, and um, I basically grew up with a single mom, and, and she was very a uh, very intellectual person, so she she influenced us a lot into reading and doing uh, very cultural things, but that, that brought me to uh, studying medicine in college and uh, just looking at the world in a different perspective. And, and in the end, uh, we ended up creating what, what today is doc.com, uh, which you said claims, but you can download our, our services and use them completely for free right now if you're in Florida and any of the 24 countries which uh, which were present. So I just wanted to get that out because, but um, but that's that's basically uh, that's what we do is we create a different model based on data, analytics, epidemiology, uh, and you know it's 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 my life's work and 
most of the people that, that, that work in the company, it's, they consider it, uh, their life's work or part of the mission. So that's what we do. That's, uh, we offer, uh, free basic healthcare services, uh, not only telemedicine, we also have a electronic prescription system that we implement in, in countries. And, uh, so that's, that's what we work on. And I, I operate out of, uh, Mexico City, uh, Miami, mm-hmm. Los Angeles. I basically travel around a lot, and that, that's basically what we do. It's really important that the people that you work with believe that they're doing something very important, so that's really great to hear. And uh, you said you um, went to medical school. So what type of field of medicine did you study? Like, What degree do you have? Well, I, I, I studied general medicine. It's just a... Uh, you know, it's it's in in Mexico they have a six year six and a half year program, so it's mostly uh, it's just general medicine. After that, you do a specialty. It's similar to to the programs in other countries. But i i started I started the company. Uh, I started working on the company at, as a concept uh, more near the end of school, and i i didn't finish medical school. I didn't finish the, the degree program. I was in there for many years. It was just, uh, it's, I love medicine, but it was a, it was a, it was more of a, uh, life choice of what I wanted to do. Uh, wanted to focus on something that had a, a different kind of impact or, or something that I was more in line to what I was used to doing. Right. I was uh, kind of restless and, and, and yeah. the, standardized box of being a doctor i could see that yeah right i mean if you think about it as a doctor you might be able to help kind of one patient at a time but if you're building a business in healthcare, you can have a greater impact yeah. so how did you first hear about blockchain technology um i first learned about it in 2013 when i was reading a forum a, i was reading a a forum on finance uh, there's several forums that I visit, fatwallet.com, and uh, just I, I read forums constantly, Reddit. There was someone that posted on there and said, um, you know, no one is making more money than Bitcoin, than people who are buying Bitcoin right now. They're making 30% a week. I remember reading that, and I was like, what is Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. Um, so so after that, I, I uh, started researching it that day, that same day, within minutes and you know it's the the beauty of today's times you have an oracle information in your hands with an with a phone or you can just research anything on the computer it's it's incredible people don't appreciate it that much but we but i i started uh reading up on it and then a few months after there was a blockchain course an introductory course by the university of nicosia which most people can uh, anyone can go on there and sign up right now um it's uh massively online open course that the university of nicosia offers and it's very uh very complete as to explaining cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology and i took that course in 2014 bought my first amount of bitcoins around 177 dollars i remember it was around that uh, and it was just uh you know just held them it was it was an incredible you know, just all the things that happened with blockchain technology. But I remember thinking when I first learned about blockchain technology, I said, well, 
by that time we had started the company already in 2012 we we founded the company so so uh around that time you know we were a data company we were those always from the beginning a data healthcare data company and i remember thinking well you know now that i know what blockchain is and how it works eventually at some day it's just going to be much better to use blockchain because it makes things more transparent mm-hmm. and so that that was the uh, that was the original uh, the original insight that that i pulled from from the course that i uh, learned from that uh, and and i i just knew it could apply perfectly to what we were doing and it took years to really see it mature and come to a level that we could implement into into the company so we created a crypto economy uh, which is a pretty interesting innovation if you think about all the simultaneously all the things that it does um, but but that was the uh, that was when I found out about blockchain and cryptocurrencies and 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 the the whole world the whole new world of blockchain right and how do you feel about the adoption of blockchain globally and like the awareness of blockchain and healthcare particularly blockchain is very it's a very open uh, technology so mm-hmm. you can use it for many things and that it's it's just in its early stages right now you know mm-hmm. I think we're we're one of the few companies that that are using it in some form that's that's uh, provable and beneficial to the world. But there's still so much more to be done, and and most people they're just in their early testing stages or they're just starting to use it. People don't even understand it. It's kind of I, I I still think it's it's really like the early nineties when people would talk about the internet, they would be like, well, a computer talks to a computer. What does that actually mean? You know, right. uh, people would be like, well, what do you mean by that? And it would just, they had no point of reference. And it's, it's kind of like that with blockchain technology. I was with a uh, government, government officials uh, just last week and they were, I was telling them and they, it, it was, it's very clear. They had no clue what blockchain was. I mean, you have to explain it to them. They just think it's some sort of cryptocurrency thing. It's some sort of fad. I told them it's not a fad. It's a technology. It's yeah, technology I, is very different from fads. So I agree. I think that it is still early stages of this technology, but uh, we're getting there. I, I think at least. Um, and you mentioned, you know, how blockchain is supposed to be an open source, open access kind of environment technology. Is Doc.com also open source? Well, we we're not open source right now. I mean, we're 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 a company. the the life chains uh, The life chain code will be open source, which is a foundation. But it's it, it will become a foundation. It's just the objective of the the life chain is to store the healthcare information that we generate from our services. So that that the logical best step for that is would to make it would be to make it a foundation and open source. But uh, you know, separate from that, everything else that we do is not open source. You know, we're a company, uh, and in order, I, I believe that the best way to really change the world rapidly is to have a company or or something that makes money because of the fact that you need money to scale things. You know, we're surrounded by examples of big things that have changed the world. Most of the time, the fastest way to change the world is is through companies. Uh, usually nonprofit organizations, uh, they take a lot longer to actually impact the world because of the fact that they, they have a different model. So 
so you know we we are uh, a company and the life chain aspect which is a blockchain aspect eventually will be open sourced and will be run as a foundation but will be uh, directly linked up to the company somehow so what drives you to the healthcare industry um is it because of your time at med school or yes i mean in medical school uh but why did I you remember want to get into med school? Well, uh, since I was a child, my mother used to always tell me, you know, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a doctor. She was one of, one of those parents. Yeah. And, and you know, she was a great parent. She was a great mother. You know, she's an amazing human being, single mother uh, with three kids. And uh, she always used to tell us that. And I went into I went into medicine already loving science. You know, I was I – was, uh, big science buff and technology nerd, you know, during, I used to work at a computer company when I was 17, uh, in Florida. And, uh, we, I was always into gadgets and things like that. And, um, but medicine really is just a beautiful, beautiful science. If you, if you, uh, look deeper into it, you know, most people just think it's just some, but it's a human necessity and there's so much, so much to be learned in there, you know, the whole biological world. So, I was in there, I was in medical school and I was interested in medicine and I would see, uh, you know, lines of people form at the, at the general hospital in Mexico city. It was just, you know, they have uh, government sponsored medicine in, in Mexico, like many countries in Latin America. And it was, uh, it was incredible to see so many people just get in line to, talk to a doctor and most of the cases over 50% of them were just, you know, things that could be solved at home. So I was thinking, well, why, why is this happening? You know, we have technology, we have, there should be a solution to this, but, uh, there so wasn't, there, there wasn't anything that, that would, so that's, that's where the original idea came from. So what is your vision for doc.com? Uh, the vision for doc.com is providing free basic healthcare for the for the whole world. I mean that is the uh, that is our main objective, and that's what we're doing right now. It's uh, our model, our business model is very different from other business models. I, I know that you work at America Well, which is a telemedicine company, um, that's true. and that's, that's a uh, they offer telemedicine that charges people. Uh, we have a different model. You know, we 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 offer uh, a basic form of telemedicine, uh, which means you can talk to a doctor or a psychological therapist at zero cost to, to the user. We have a crypto economy, which is a, a uh, part of our business model, and it optimizes things and it makes it makes it gives a, it gives people a reward. We generate value in a different way, and it also uh, makes more transparent the use of data. So our objective, really, I mean, it's it's is to provide free basic healthcare services for the world that are not dependent on governments or institutions. So how are you able to offer these uh, zero cost telemedicine visits? Are the providers getting paid something? Um, well, we, we have a, our model is based on data. So we sell, we sell a subscription to epidemiological data uh, analysis. We sell a console called doc insights to healthcare industry governments, uh, you know, the whole private sector and the health space and they pay a monthly subscription for that. And we're, you know, our objective is to expand the subscription service 
the subscription uh, of of our of our of our platform where you can view this this information in real time. So since this this kind of information has really never been seen in real time before, it's it's a it's a value to many kinds of sectors of, of private the private sector and the government sector. You know they they use it. Uh, we have a, a good price point and. So we, we do that, and that makes our free services sustainable, which we have doctors uh, and psychologists that we hire uh, constantly giving everyday uh, services to to the general population. All right, so you actually employ the, the physicians or doctors? Your well, yes, employs the, them. The, amount of, the amount of calls that we do uh, requires a lot of quality control, you know, it's even, even the background, just the illumination, uh, the lighting and stuff like that with, uh, with our services, you know, we want to homologate or make them uh, standardized and control the quality of what we do. So, so that really is a, uh, a really important aspect of that is having people in house that, that can actually, uh, that you can actually monitor the quality of, of the, the system. So we have call centers. We have one in the U.S., in Latin America, uh, one that we're building up in, in Europe, and uh, Nairobi, in Kenya. Uh, the, these are these are places where we we control the quality of that, so that they, they work. They they all all they're all employees of the company. So these these uh, doctor virtualists they come to that call center to take visits for you know take patient visits. Is that how that works? They actually go to the call center. Yes, they do. They go. Okay. They, they, they have three shifts, and they they arrive every every day. Interesting. You're saying that the data that you generate and the value of that data is enough to cover the costs of the it providers. Yes, and that's part of our you know it's our business model to make that make that so possible. Um, so you know we we like I said we. We offer a monthly subscription uh, to to clients, and they see our data in real time. We're very transparent about about our services, and that's that's also one of the benefits of using blockchain technology. I mean, we have uh, with blockchain you can hash basically every user and the data from every user, and not only that, reward them also with something, you know, something of economic value. And and their, the objective of using blockchain technology is to make that more, even more transparent than anything that's available right now. You know, if if you if someone tells you I have X amount of users, how do you know they're just not putting a number up on a site? You know, the the good thing about blockchain technology is you can be really transparent about that to another level that um, that makes it uh, much more trustworthy. So so. You know, we have uh, a business model that generates data, gives a certain amount of trust, uh, much higher than what's currently available. That's why we use the technology to to our benefit, and it's a good enough for people to say, "Okay, this is this is something that we didn't have before. Uh, I'm willing to pay X amount of money for a monthly subscription uh, to this information." It's anonymized information, uh, statistical, but it's it's purely epidemiology as a science. That's it's really the essence of epidemiology. It's it's uh, viewing viewing this information in real time is like the best form of it, really. Right. It's like real world evidence 
How much does it cost? The subscription. Uh, we, have, we have different price ranges, but they range uh, from two thousand dollars a month to ten thousand dollars a month. Uh, to governments, depending on the population size, we have different price price ranges. But uh, you know, we work with several governments in Latin America. Uh, we work with some insurance companies. Uh, we work with uh, the pharmaceutical industry, hospitals. Who are some uh, of your biggest have- clients or countries? Uh, countries, countries we have uh, Mexico, obviously, which is where we started the company. Um, Panama, uh, local governments in Peru, uh, and 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 just mostly all of Latin America except Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have different corporate and government clients, and it's a combination really of both. Right now, we're we're scaling that up. I mean, that's our our business model. You know, first you had to get users, so you have robust data, and then it's worthy of, of selling. So, so really, it's uh, in in many countries still we're still ramping up our sales, but we have a we have a relationship with IQVIA, commercial relationship with IQVIA. They they're resellers of ours, and they're a very large uh, multinational uh, corporation that sells about ten billion dollars a year in analytics to the to the to governments of the healthcare industry. So we, we work with them and they're also a source of sales for us. So it's a combination of things, but it's something that we're still growing. I mean, we're, we're still in that phase of growth uh, as far as uh, from the commercial aspect. Interesting. And I know you guys also have, you know, you talk about telemedicine for uh, sort of urgent care needs, but there's also the mental health needs that people have. Uh, online yeah. so you want to talk a little bit about that product as well or service yeah sure it's uh you know doc emotions it's a service where you can download our app press a button and talk to a psych- psychological therapist uh and you know we we serve the open population and it's a free service so we help a lot of people. I mean, there's tons of people that call up for the most amazing things sometimes and just the most basic things, you know, like work stress or, you know, just abuse and just all random kinds of things. And we, uh, I think I always thought that mental health is extremely important. It is probably equally as important as, as clinical health. Uh, just because of the fact that if you're not mentally stable or, can control your emotions somehow where you get help for that, you know, usually leads to other uh, physical problems. So for me, it was such a important thing. You know, we all go through emotional issues in our lives. It's just part of the human experience and, and uh, mental health is extremely important. So we, we offer uh, that's actually our fastest growing service right now. It's because of the fact people realize they can speak to someone and they, they use it constantly. There's a, over 40% of our users in that service are recurring users. So they really like the service once they find out and they, they keep on using it. Tell me about your provider recruiting process. Uh, we have doctors that tell doctors and so same thing. Pretty, with doctors. They really like working with us. Uh, we have, we also use recruiting companies. We, they go through a three-step uh, process of verification uh, and, 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 uh, we, you know, we train them and it's, uh, it's, you know, people really like our mission, what we're doing. So usually it's, uh, we have an abundance of, of 
doctors that want to work with us, even though they may work in other things, uh, at hospitals or whatnot, we they still they still come to us uh, because of the novelty and the the mission that our company has. So they they like that aspect, and it's a it's a new thing. You know, it's once they start working at at our facilities and when they work with us, you know, they, it's they start right away. It's a it's, they it's nonstop calls really. So it's a really interesting experience for them too. Right and. Are they getting paid in tokens or are they getting paid in pesos? No, they get, they get competitive salaries. They get competitive salaries and they also get bonuses in, in cryptocurrency, in our cryptocurrency. Hmm, that's an interesting model. Can you kind of describe your technology stack? So you're using blockchain, but what type of protocol are you on? Uh, well, our, our blockchain model is right now we're, we're working on Ethereum. Uh, that's, that's, you know what we've been operating on uh our our next blockchain version is a proof of authority proof of work hybrid so the data is actually done by the proof of authority part and the transactions of the coins are done on the proof of work part so combining those two they're linked up by the by the hash or by the smart contracts that can you can identify on both sides and that's uh, it's a combination of that. So it's kind of it's really a fork of Ethereum and a fork of Hyperledger combined. So that's a that's that's from a blockchain standpoint is that, and you know everything else is just iOS and Java and uh, you know just uh, traditional uh, back end and front end uh, technologies. Right. And you have an Android and iOS app available. Yes, yeah, that's, that's correct. In the stores and also on the web too. Yeah, that's correct. Tell me a bit about how you maintain your users' privacy. Uh, well, you know that's we we operate under same the same uh, legal structure as most telemedicine companies in the world, um, and we have the additional benefit of hashing people's information onto a blockchain, where you can openly prove that you're not taking in their, their, uh, their, you know, address or personal name, you're not sharing that. So that's kind of like the extra level of trust that blockchain offers that you can use. And that's, that's a, that's our, that's our privacy, uh, policy. We have a disclaimer that, that says that, um, but it's just a regular legal structure that, op, you know, all telemedicine companies operate under. We just have that additional benefit of using blockchain to technology to make things more transparent so do users have ownership of their data they do because the data is uh say stored on their own personal smart contracts that's the way the uh each each time someone uses our service and the 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 data is being hashed to the blockchain that's actually being hashed to their smart contract that's linked up to their phone so you know, we still show our analytics from that data because we're we're one of we're the only ones that can view it without paying the smart contract with our cryptocurrency, which is a requirement to view the data. But what we're doing is we're openly offering this data, this, this data to the world. Uh, you know, someday some people will say, well, this information is in, uh, is valuable because it's chronological historical data of these populations 
And we see that as a legacy for the company and something that's of great benefit to society in general uh, to actually have this on a, this have this information stored somewhere, uh, which is the best way to do it is on a blockchain. But those that actually that data is being stored on the smart contracts that are linked up to each individual user. So it's they they own their data. You know, if you want to view the data, you must use our cryptocurrency to actually pay the smart contract and view it. But it's still there's still a method to do it. You know, you just have to go out and buy the cryptocurrency. So that gives our cryptocurrency intrinsic value because it's linked up forcefully to the data that's generated by our services. And that's a concept that many people don't understand, but it's a it's a revolutionary concept that is going to change many aspects of the world, not only in our industry, healthcare, but in many other industries, because you can now link up a digital uh, monetary instrument to something that has intrinsic value, you know, that's essential for society, which is healthcare data. It's constantly being used for public health or, or uh, you know, analytics for products or uh, research. So, you know, that has value. You can link it up digitally now. And that's, that's uh that's the concept of our cryptocurrency. That's the data that's being stored on each individual users. You can hash that. And so it has simultaneous benefits to the world by the wonders and the beauty of blockchain technology. So where are where is the data actually being stored or who who it's runs the nodes? Who runs the nodes? Right now we run the we we right now we do, but there's it's it's still you know the the ethereum is a decentralized blockchain so so the 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 data that that is hashed is you know mined by by people that it's one of the main reasons why we have to switch to our own blockchain you know if we keep on doing it like this it's extremely high cost because you have to use gas every time you hash something to the ethereum blockchain so as more and more and more data gets saved on the ethereum blockchain yeah, you have to you have to use more and more gas. So that's you know just a unsustainable form of doing it long term. But then again, you also have the proof of doing it. So you know it's just a matter of time of switching to our own blockchain. What are your plans for that? Uh, well, but we've been working on it for some time now. You know the 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 real plan to do that is. You know, it should just be a seamless thing. It should just be a seamless change. It doesn't change the, when, when you use our services. So you, you receive it? MTC when you use this? Yep, you do. So how do you prevent people from just doing visits all day long trying to get MTC? And for the audience, MTC well, is the token native to this uh, protocol or blockchain. Well, well, the thing is, the thing is that... Uh, I mean, you get rewarded with MTC, but it's not it's not really a large amount. I mean, for someone to try to create individual accounts and go through the whole service, if, if you finish, the doctor has to finalize the actual service. Like right now, I didn't finalize it. I ended it myself. So then, then if the doctor finalizes it, you get rewarded. So to do that thousands of times would just be ludicrous. I mean, I you, you would have to connect to a doctor, have go through the whole process and then to get you know a couple of mtc is just it's right. just uh well i'm thinking if like uh it had a bot or some sort of ai bot doing it automatically uh like well the, the doctors would be 
but then the doctors would, would know. Yeah. Fooled. Yeah. They don't have that to be makes fooled sense. To actually be viewing a, a robot. Yeah. Got it. Um, so obviously, you know, with blockchain and cryptocurrencies, there's a lot of price volatility. Huge. And how has that affected your business? Uh, from a business standpoint, it really hasn't affected it. Um, you know, we 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 know the whole volatility uh, that happens in cryptocurrencies, and you know we're we've experienced it ourselves quite a bit. And uh, you know the thing about the thing about cryptocurrencies is that we're not dependent on them. It's 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 a component of our company that makes us improves us improves a company improves what we do, but. Um, it doesn't it doesn't reflect the true it's not like stocks that reflect or more reflect the status of the company cryptocurrencies right now most of them are purely hype and speculation uh and that's one of the things that we want to change because of the fact that you know you still look at the top probably top 20 cryptocurrencies and you can say well show me the users what are they actually using this for and you know we can we can show the world transparently that you can get our services and get rewarded with the cryptocurrency and you're getting paid for your data. And that's something we're very transparent. You can, you can view it at any moment. Uh, so that, that, you know, we have users, we have real users. Um, but the thing is, uh, you know, most cryptocurrencies right now, they're in their early stages. Now cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology in general, like I mentioned before, are really in its early, in their early stages. Most of these currencies have high market caps. They do them because they do market making and uh, it's pure speculation. I mean, they don't have all these uh, dApps that are being used, and that's just a that's just a uh, it's common sense. You know, uh, most people would say, "Well, why does why are these coins worth two billion dollars?" It's purely speculative. So there's a lot of volatility. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It means that it's early. You know, usually when there's things in their early stages, they're more volatile. But at the same time, it provides more of an opportunity for people, and there's there's it's ripe for innovation and to uh, set good examples, and uh, that's what we're trying to do in that space. Welcome to the Health Unchained News Corner. In October of 2019, the Chinese President Xi Jinping told the country that it needs to seize the opportunity afforded by blockchain technology. Speaking as part of the 18th collective study of the Political Bureau of the Central Committee in Beijing, she said blockchain technology has a wide array of applications within China, listing topics ranging from financing businesses to mass transit and poverty alleviation. She told committee members, we must take the blockchain as an important breakthrough for independent innovation of core technologies. His speech also called for the creation of Blockchain Plus, a platform alluding to personal development such as education, employment, and food and medicinal safety, among other basic needs. This is a very interesting position to take, considering the People's Bank of China banned cryptocurrencies in 2017. It could be the start of a campaign to convince the Chinese people to adopt its own digital renminbi, or more commonly, yuan. It's great to see China's positive about blockchain, but I always wonder about the handling of privacy in the People's Republic of China. You can find the link to this Coindesk article in the show notes. Now back to our conversation with Charles Nader, CEO of Doc.com. 
How is it navigating the regulatory environment in Latin America and also in the U.S.? I know you're in Florida. Yeah, well, in the U.S., is, uh, are you talking about uh, blockchain or cryptocurrencies, or are you talking about... Um, I'm talking about, so you're working in, you know, telemedicine. Telemedicine has their own regulatory issues and, yeah. you know, challenges, but... I'm sure that you also have some cryptocurrency challenges, or regulatory challenge, challenges too. So I guess, can you talk a little bit about both? Well, in, um, you know, in, in the U.S., there, telemedicine uh, has its own state-by-state -state regulation, most, most states. There's, there's different things that tie up. You can, you can register in multiple states. You can register or get licensed and, uh, multiple states it's just paperwork really but uh as far right. as telemedicine so the u.s has its own regulatory issues most of latin america doesn't really even have telemedicine regulation uh at, at least from what in the perspective or in the way we do it so we we work pretty well in latin america because of that aspect you know it's sometimes lack of regulation is an opportunity and it's, it's it makes things easier so we have the, we can do it like that in latin america and from a cryptocurrency aspect, it's kind of like the same thing. You know, there's there's uh, it's kind of it's in its early stages in Latin America. There's countries that don't even have any regulation. They say every man for his own. You know, that's uh, you know, it's a, it's risky for some people if you don't research it. You know, you you have your own risks. But um, it's the same thing. So we work on trying to uh, provide people information and, and comparatives to, to actually educate regulators in Latin American countries and show them like, all right, this is, this is provable. It's a positive thing as real users. It's linked up to services that are good. This is a good example. We're not the only one. There are other good examples out there in the cryptocurrency space. Um, so that's in the cryptocurrency aspect and telemedicine, same thing. You know, it's, it's, you, you have to understand that technology, these kinds of technologies are the future. You know that if you start trying to block them from actually happening, it's just a wrong philosophy or a bad way to think. We're surrounded by examples of technology improving people's lives, so so you just have to kind of find the right fit and make things ethical. And and uh, sure. so we try to go on that, but you know, and at the same time, it's part of the adventure. You know, the, these kinds of things are. Uh, if there's lack of regulation, people should not be scared. You know, they, they actually should go forwards and try to change things because that's that's the essence of what we do in living, I think. You know, it's uh, proceeding, progressing as a species and uh, changing the world in a positive way. Uh, you know, regulation is part of that. And, uh, you know, just, so so we, we, we push forwards with, in, on all fronts anywhere we are in the world, not just the U S and stuff. There's always challenges, but that's, that's part of the process. Sure. On a typical day, how many users or how many visits does doc.com receive? Um, well, we do uh, a typical shift for a single doctor is, uh, you know, they do a little bit less than a hundred, a shift, a hundred visits and one shift. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred calls and a shift. Uh, on average, wow. they do about 70, 75. Yeah, that's a lot of calls, don't you think? Oh, uh, we 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 do a ton of calls. 
People don't even know it yet. But as soon as we, this month, actually, there's going to be, our metrics are going to be posted on our site. And there's, uh, you'll be able to see those metrics in real time. So a shift for a single provider, you're saying, or in general, overall? No, 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 for per doctor. Per doctor. doctor. Yeah, so so one doctor comes in. How long are each visit? How long is each visit, typically? Um, they uh, average is about eight minutes. It's about okay. eight minutes. So, you know, there, there's some that do it faster. It's actually part of our optimization constantly. So that's, uh, if you can, if you can optimize, if you can do, reduce it even by 30 seconds, the average, you can, you can, pr- you know, pr- serve thousands more. So it's, uh, it's always an issue. That's why we have to have them in house because one doctor can tell you, you have a cold in five minutes. Another one can take 10 minutes to do the exact same thing. So it's very important for us to actually have that in house. So that uh, that's part of what we what we do. Do you envision doctors or doc dot com providers giving services from their own homes eventually, or you plan on having it in house for foreseeable future? Yeah. Well, we we currently actually have a hybrid model. I mean, okay. most of them come out of our come out of our facilities, but but uh. If there's if there's a high call uh, call count, then we, you know, through queuing theory, we we try to estimate as best as possible. But but um, if there's a high amount, then they can remotely log in and give service from their homes or wherever they may be. But uh, you know, like I said, we're focused on quality. Really, it's it's homologate our services. If you notice right now, when you saw the doctor, the, like the lighting on the background is good. You know, those those things are important when you're on a video call. Yeah, that's fair. Now, I'm just thinking if it's like a hundred per shift, and let's say they do, you know, I don't know how they would do this, but ten visits an hour, which seems like a lot to me. Um, you know, because they have to follow up with documentation afterwards, and they have to. The system. I mean, our system, they go through a system. I mean, the doctor's looking at you. They're, they're clicking things. They're clicking the whole templates that we have created and all that stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's, we try to make it very seamless for the doctors and also seamless for the users. You know, it's, it's, it's always something that we're working on, on a, on a regular, it's just every day. It's part of our main, main, uh, main work. Uh, objectives is to optimize our services and just there's you know it's 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 no one had really opened up a service like this for free to the open public so we we had to make sure that things move smoothly and we still are optimizing on a, you know every day we optimize it's it's something that we do on a constant basis so there's no physical paper documentation or anything it's just should people get served they get a good service they end up getting getting the quality uh, medical assistance or psychological assistance. And our doctors don't ha- really have to do much more than just follow the rules of our system. Do you have like a clinical quality plan in place or standards? Yeah, we, we have uh, our medical, uh, our medical coordinators and our psychological coordinators are constant. We work with, you know, d- uh, officials from governments, even, you know, they come in and take a look at our protocols, uh, clinical guides, uh, we have hundreds of them now. It's just uh, we're constantly focused on quality, you know, uh, clinical quality and uh, psychological therapy quality. It's it's something that, like I said, it's it's that's part of the whole optimization of what we do. 
you know, mm-hmm. maintaining quality is a huge, huge aspect of what we do. Got it. So Charles, how big is your team right now? The doc.com team? Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it, not, not counting all the doctors, but mostly the, just the core company It's it's around a uh, hundred people. It's a little bit more than that, uh, but it's, um, it's a full-time employees. Have, yeah, full-time there's, 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 uh, people, there's doctors that are on standby really that they're not full-time employees. Sure. You take them into account. There's a lot more and stuff, but, but that's basically what we do now. It's, uh, I mean, that's, that's basically our team size is around a hundred people, a little bit less than, than full-time, but, but that's, uh, it's between doctors, psychologists, and the core operating team, uh, you know, about a hundred people in general. Who do you consider to be your competitors? Uh, well, uh, any telemedicine company, you know, if you offer telemedicine, you're, you're, you would be competitor America. Well, the company you, you work for or doctor in demand or any of the other foreign telemedicine companies, I would consider them. I mean, the, it's telemedicine is a, it's a, it's a space where different business models function. So, so, uh, you know, that they would be considered competitors to us, you know, but we really don't focus on that that much you know we just focus on trying to serve more people the the thing about healthcare is just the problem is massive you know it there's there's room for other companies actually people always tell me aren't you scared of competitors i'm like well we're i don't focus on that i focus on just growing the services as fast as possible um but if someone comes up and copies our model it's just like well you know they'll have a They'll have a long road ahead of them that they they can go down, and the thing is that in the end, more people will benefit. So, it's it's uh, it's it's important to serve more people because the the need for these kinds of services is massive. I mean, there's just so there's not enough doctors to actually or psychologists even to to serve the world population. So you know, there's probably uh, there's probably a lot of a lot of space out there for for other people to do things that are similar. So, you know, in the end, the objective is to serve more people, not to uh, try to diminish the actual use of the of the services. It's actually more important for more people to use it. That's that's my personal perspective and our company's perspective. Right, and I think that you know the market that you're going after are people who. Uh, you know, don't have insurance really, because if you're offering a free service from the start, you're not looking for people who have insurance because, you know, they can get services elsewhere. Is that accurate? Uh, well, you know, actually, uh, our service is made for humanity. I mean, that's why it has to be free. You don't, you for don't. For sure, but I'm thinking about like the current marketplace, like for what you offer is free telemedicine and yeah. there are insurance plans that also offer free telemedicine do you yeah. agree so if i had if i, yeah, I don't know if offer free like ours i mean the thing is it's the the i think i i know a lot of them have to pay do co-pays at least in the u.s true they have yeah. co-pays uh, in ours you don't have to pay anything it's just you just press a button but then again uh our target really is just whoever wants to use it if if if, if you have insurance or not you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, we're, we're not, our objective is not really to charge someone for it, for the service. 
uh, a user. I mean, you know, we charge, we have other ways of monetizing. Hmm. So, so, you know, it's, uh, you can, you can buy additional, you know, there's a limit to what we do. Obviously there's, you, there's hypochondriacs or people like that, 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 that call in on a regular basis. And so there has to be some limits, uh, but that's, but uh, you can buy purchase additional ones if you if you really want to speak to more. Uh, What's to the limit now? Right now, there's three a month. Three a month. Yeah, it, really, most people don't end up buying it because it should be perceived as a free service, completely free, uh, unlimited. But you know that usually people don't need to speak to a doctor more than once a month, or even less than that. You know, uh, psych- our psychological service therapy service grows faster because of the fact that. You can be completely physically healthy, yet you still may want to speak to a psychologist. So, so it's um, so that that service is growing much faster than than our clinical service. Even though both both are growing, you know, our our psychological service is a uh, is a is it's just a service that most more people are using. They were it has more recurring users and. It's because of the fact that you can talk to a psychological psychological therapist at any time. It really doesn't matter how healthy you are; you can be completely healthy. So, got it. So, you know, that's, that's the the way we do things. It's gotcha. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. And as I was doing research on uh, the company, I ran into an, a CoinDesk article actually, um, and Alex Gladstein, or Gladstein, Chief Strategy Officer at Human Rights Foundation told Coindesk that this project deserves a lot of scrutiny and has a lot of red flags, referring to doc.com. And sure. I saw that you posted a response to that article um, telling you know the world never, that you I never... never I never knew of him, met him, or he didn't even research. He, he proved on Twitter, I said, can you, do you want to speak about this publicly? I'm willing to do a public speaking about it. He didn't want to do that because of the fact that he realized that he didn't do any research. He just based himself, based his whatever knowledge he thought he had on us on purely uh, just comments that he was given by, you know, one-sided people uh, that were just looking at it. But, but um, you know, I always open up and speak publicly about these things. And I always invite people to speak publicly about these things. Um, the Coindesk article was, was, uh, and, and that person in particular, um, how can you comment on something like what we do without doing any research? And he, he, I said, what research have you done? And he pointed to a, a comment that John McAfee did about us. So that was the extent of his research. It's, it's openly and publicly viewable. You can view it on my Twitter. I posted it on our, on our blog, company blog. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's part of, it's part of what we do is, is very innovative and very different from what, what most people used to. Sadly, because of the cryptocurrency and blockchain aspect of it, many people just view it negatively because of the, all the bad things that have come from that world. But at the same time, because of the, the, the newness or the, the, the early stages of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, you know, people still don't really understand how it can be applied. It's, it's it's very open, you know. So when you tell someone, well, I'm using blockchain for this and this, they may think that it's used for something. It should be used differently. Mm-hmm. 
yet at the same time it's like saying electricity you know like well you can use electricity for many things like what are you using it for well this and this and this you know well electricity should only be used this way that's not true you know you can use it for multiple things it's a technology so people like him and others uh without doing any research just base their comments on a single source of uh of information instead of doing thorough research and the red flags that he pointed out, I cleared them up completely in uh, in our comments. And like I said, I I offered to speak publicly about this, but you know, he didn't obviously he didn't, want to do that. he didn't. Yeah, he didn't want to do that. Um, so, how many visits have you had on the platform overall? Is that a statistic that you have that you can share? Uh, we've had almost a million now. It's um, we were we're past six hundred thousand. Uh, as far as uh, our metrics now and you know it's something that we're growing or we're growing our, we really a lot of people don't know about us because we've just done digital promotion it's been word of mouth really um and we offer services in 24 countries and sometimes i go to these countries and they're like well i didn't know that you existed this is incredible and and i say yeah, i know that but the thing is that part of this process you know you have to be very careful with promotion because it's a, it's in many ways, it's kind of like having a call center. You know, call centers they work off of queuing theory and statistics on previous calls. So when you promote something, you have to do it in stages so you don't saturate the the line constantly. And uh, so it's that's part of the whole learning experience that we had was doing things much more structured and trying to grow on uh on our terms instead of just randomly going up and opening it up because we, we don't want quality to suffer we want this to become a become a an important thing for people and that know that it's there but at the same time it's uh you know we still have to optimize in many ways like i said if you can reduce the call time even 30 seconds the average you can still serve thousands more so right now for example we were focused on on changing the backend core services, putting up the cryptocurrency and the blockchain metrics on our site. Uh, so it's publicly viewable and transparent. You know, th those are changes that we took time to focus on that. And it's, it was because of the fact that we learned so much during the past few years of, of offering the service uh, that we had to make those changes to make it scalable to the next level that we want to, that we're going into now. So, so that's that's the uh, that's that's what we have as as active users, um, and and you know we're constantly working on in getting it to more people's hands. To really, our, that's our main objective. What's your outlook for twenty twenty? What are some of the roadmap items you're trying to hit? Um, well, we're we're focused on expanding to the rest of the U.S. We're currently only in Florida in the U.S. Uh, Why is that? And because because of the regulatory aspect and also it's it just um, cost regulation is also the best option for uh, for for our commercial side. You know, we, we in the end, to, in order to make this scalable and sustainable, it has to function as a business. So you know, Florida was a great place to start because it it was a it was a strategically it was it was good for us to start there we tried originally starting in california but california regulation is much more complex than, than other states so 
that's why we were in Florida. But now we're going to move forwards with the rest of the U.S. and also expand to other parts of the world. So, you know, we're, we're looking at uh, the rest of Europe and uh, the Middle East. So is the platform available in different languages? It's in English and in Spanish right now. Okay. Depends where you are. If you're in the U.S., you'll get you'll you'll be connected to uh, doctors over there. If you're in in Latin America, you'll connect to doctors in Latin America or psychologists um, on both fronts. And and um, it's in two languages. We're going to expand to other languages, and uh, we're also going to increase our our other platforms. You know, our uh, digital prescription services and. You know things like that that we integrate to our services. They're they're all part of the same system, but we're focused on doing those things to to all uh, feed into our system. You know, it's it's um. Gotcha. So that, that's basically 2020 is mo- mostly a growth year for us uh, from what we look at it right now, the way we look at it right now. Well, if you're in 24 countries, are there doctors in all those countries, or are people being provided with service that are? It would be logical to. I mean. Think about it like this. Medicine, Western medicine, it doesn't matter if you're in one country or another, especially with this kind of standardized service. It just should be standard, scientifically relevant. Should be. Anywhere you go. I yeah. agree. But there are regulations, at least in the U.S., where if you're in yeah. a certain state, yeah. you have to be, you know, the provider yeah. has to be licensed in that state. And then the patient has to be actually in that state as well. Exactly. That's uh, California is a great example of that. You know, within within California, you must if you're doing telemedicine, you must have a doctor within California to offer telemedicine. And I mean, that that sounds like uh, it sounds logical in some ways, but then you see the benefits of technology and like, well, why does this why is it happening like this? Uh, it's it's uh, it's not logical when you see the benefits of technology. It's kind of like saying like, well, if you're, if you're in California, you must fly on right. a California airline. If not, you can't fly any, uh, you can't use it. It's, it's just, it's not technology has broken through that barrier already. So, yeah. It's so, an old you know, law to kind of yeah. protect the state from having hey. all their doctors leaving their state. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, and it's it's uh and the good thing that's that's why there's a positive uh advantage to places in like latin america that have little or no telemedicine regulation at all right yeah i mean if i were you i feel like that's where i would just focus is in latin america there's a huge population there so i would just try to get really good in that marketplace but um i understand you are trying to go global so that's great too yeah, I uh, have another question here. Were there any announcements or events in the healthcare blockchain space that was very unexpected or surprising to you, and why? Oh, there's been many, many. It's it's a uh, it's it's a really interesting space to to uh, be involved in. Um, you know, one of the things that that always surprised me was the the decentralization or the centralization of, of, of things, you know, there's, there's articles that have come out that claim that Ethereum is a scam, you know, stuff like stupid things like that. And, and it, it surprises me how much people really put into the whole, I mean, we as human beings love, you know, news and, you know, po- things that are polemic and, you know, drama. 
and it's natural for for people to be like this. So there's a lot of that in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space. Sure. Uh, but you know, there's there's uh, there's things that you see in that space. You're just it's they're astounding as as far as comments and things. You know, I I don't focus too much in that particular uh, space so much anymore, even though we are part of it. But things that you know. Right now, I think it's more important to prove things out than to actually be talking about them. You know, more work, less hype. And the cryptocurrency and blockchain space is full of hype and full of uh, full of uh, drama. Um, it just what happened in the last two years, you know, I remember I went to the blockchain conference last year in 2018, the blockchain cruise, uh, and it was just full of people uh a lot of talks a lot of great things happening just one year later this year i didn't go this year but one of my, our team members went and he said that they you know everyone was being called the survivors uh, so many companies disappeared so you know it's incredible to see these uh these companies just pop out of nowhere and you know, generate money off of off of selling coins and things and right. you're like well they don't have users and whatnot but that's you know there's so many so many comments and so many uh things that are happening it's just this constant drama sure i mean you also had an ico back in 2017 right yes we did how much money did you raise during that uh event oh it was a small amount it was about uh less than two million dollars it was okay. one million it was a, it was a small amount of money you know it was uh i mean afterwards the price went up it got to i think the, the total supply market cap got to 500 million uh that was the highest point that was at its highest point um and you know there's so much volatility in the cryptocurrency space but we were already i mean we started the company in 2012 even before i even knew about blockchain or or cryptocurrencies and really it was for us uh adding it as an innovation and something that would make things more transparent those those are real reasons based on that concept went out but you know, there was a, uh, during that time when we did it, it was, it was, uh, there was just so much stuff going on in the cryptocurrency space. People that, were going into it. Do you, you have know. any, do you have any, uh, or did you, or do you now have any concerns about, um, like SEC, SEC? Well, the thing is, you know, that's, that's why it's so important to be transparent. Um, I think that the SEC, you know, the SEC and any uh, regulatory entity should be fully aware of what's going on in the cryptocurrency space. Um, and they should also understand it. And, and instead of, I, I mean, they, they don't attack people just on a whim. You know, I think that there's smart people in the SEC. There's smart people in any uh, regulatory entity that, that has to do with finance. And what they're trying to do is really protect people. Um from from falling into traps and sadly cryptocurrencies and blockchain are full of all these bad examples of people stealing people's money um so the way i always saw it was you know we offer services that are of benefit to the population that you can use at any moment right now um, and we use a blockchain cryptocurrency model and it's explainable and we can go and show it to people be transparent about it and that's the way business should run. You know, uh, you know, we live in a world where there's a lot of technological technological innovation, and you know, innovation should be pushed forward. So, 
I, I've always said, you know, I'm willing to speak mm -hmm. to them, show them, uh, it's not been necessary up to this point, but, uh, so I'm not never, really, you never got to knock on your door then. <laughs> well, if they come knocking on my door, I'm open up the door and show them everything. You know, that's, sure. that's, that's the, uh, that's, that's the level of transparency that we've always wanted to offer. Um, and I believe that they, you know, they, like I said, they're smart people. They'll understand why and how it works and how it's a technological innovation. It's not just some fad. But then again, there are people who have taken advantage of it. And, you know, just like any business, even in the stock market, you know, not going to go after Microsoft because they did something to the stock uh, or speculating that they did. You go after the guys that do bad things in the stock market, insider trading and whatnot. It's the same case in, in this case. You know, it's something that needs to be regulated. So, uh, it, it needs... People need to understand it, and it should be regulated, uh, because if not, there's a lot of bad things that can happen, just as they happen in the stock market. But there's also really good examples of good companies doing good things. So, so it's the same. It's the same case, I think. Do you have a favorite business person, researcher, or scientist in history or now? Um, several. You know, one of my main things. Even since I was a child, it was really my between my mother, and my grandmother. They they were really uh, they were really uh, they taught us really to research other people's lives and see how they did things. But uh, right now, I mean, I'm, I'm completely inspired by Elon Musk and and uh, mm -hmm. just you know the whole traditional you know everyone says oh Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, and stuff like that. I truly admire them in a in a huge way. And historically speaking, you know, I had, I, I started really my own personal business philosophy based on Jim Rohn's books. You know, uh, if, if anyone listens to this, I highly recommend that they read up on Jim Rohn or any, read any of his books. Uh, I, I think it provides a very healthy, positive business philosophy. You know, there's two ways of making money. You can make money at the expense of others or by helping others. And, you know... It, you can make a lot, probably a lot more money by helping others and you can change the world that way. And, you know, money makes the world go around. Sadly, it's just, just part of our, our society and life. So if you have the right business philosophy, you can do positive things uh, with, you know, with, with, with capital. And Jim Rohn is a great example of that. So I listened to him uh, regularly, it's it's something of a self motivation, a kind of business philosophy process that I go through on a weekly basis. I admire Elon Musk greatly because he's you know first principle thinking is something that I use myself, uh, and that's something that I really learned from reading his uh, biography and uh, and listening to what he says. So I'm hugely inspired by him. And there's people in Latin America that I'm inspired by. It's 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 a different business culture in Latin America. I see how certain people, because of the experience of living in countries where you have such a high population of, of poverty, uh, it makes you think differently. And, and there's people that have helped out in huge ways in Latin America. It's, it's, it's something that you don't see as much in the U S even though it's a big population, a growing population of homeless people in the U S uh, in, in Latin America, that's generational, you know, it's, families have been in poverty for hundreds of years. I mean, it's just a completely different experience. And it, when you live in it and you uh, see it on a regular basis, it makes you think differently of things. So there's different business people
people. Uh, you know, Carlos Slim has done some great things in Latin America, and uh, there's just just uh, an assortment of uh, people that I, I've I've taken a little bit of everyone's uh, lessons, and I think it's a that's kind of one of the unique things of how I am as a person and, and what we've done in the company. It's kind of taken different examples from from people from the US, from Latin America, from Asia, things like that, trying to combine these these lessons. Totally. Uh, so kind of wrapping up here, Charles, I think, you know, this is a pretty interesting conversation. I was wondering if you had any final thoughts for the audience or maybe some recommended reading resources. Sure. It's uh I highly recommend everyone to read Blitzscaling. Uh, it's it's a it's a great book. I was part of the original Blitzscaling course on in, at Stanford that uh, Reed Hoffman, uh, the founder of LinkedIn, and John Lilly, the Mozilla former Mozilla CEO, Chris Yeh gave. Uh, it was a hugely inspiring uh, thing. There's also I, I recommend people to watch Kurzgesagt on on YouTube. All the videos I've seen, every single one of them. As soon as they come out, I watch them. Very educated uh, channel, incredible content. Um, and watch Jim Rohn. You know, if 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 you you can watch his videos on YouTube, uh, read his books. Um, you know, I think that's a good basis. And I I I know it's kind of cliche to say, but I I remember when I was twenty four years old, I read Think and Grow Rich for the first time by Napoleon Hill. And it really set a good basis of business philosophy and it opened up a whole world of the way of thinking of doing things in the world. Uh, I recommend people to read that book. Um, some people think it's just funny that I mentioned that because, you know, it's been out there for so long, but it really is just a good book. It gives you a good basis. Um, and I always say, you know, it's, it's really important to find or create your own life philosophy. And so I recommend people to, self-educate themselves you don't have to go to school or anything i mean it's just we have more access to information today than any other time in human history and uh, you can change the world in ways that were never possible before and that's something we need to take advantage of awesome charles again thank you so much for your time i really appreciate you coming on the show uh, i think our audience also appreciates it too so thank you pleasure ray thank you so much Hey, y'all, you cyberpunk health warriors and nimble digital disruptors. Check out healthunchained.org and remember to subscribe to Health Unchained on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. Join the Health Unchained community on our Telegram group, t.me slash healthunchained. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends, your bosses, your teams, your students to listen and subscribe. Thank you.